0: Welcome to the feature series, How Roger Penske Changed the Indy 500 on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, which celebrates the most successful entrant at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the 50th anniversary of his first event in 1969. Presented by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and Bell Racing Helmets, a long-standing partner of Team Penske, this 15-part series spans some of the greatest drivers, managers, mechanics, engineers, and the man himself, Roger Penske. To document the captain's vast influence on america's defining motor race the indy 500 and in many instances the sport as a whole we'll also be joined by a reporter who covered penske's indie debut a half century ago and some of his fiercest rivals many of whom admit to being fans of the 82 year old icon our guest on this episode of how roger penske changed the indy 500 is john Booslog, nicknamed myron who's been the closest thing to a team penske mascot during his four decades with the outfit as he's risen up the ranks from junior mechanic to managing the captain's IMSA sports car team on behalf of Acura. Myron, you, your face, is in a heck of a lot of Penske photographs over the years. When did you start with the team? Um, Officially January of
1: 1987. But unofficially, I did a test test Uh, A couple of tests in late 86. My official hire date was January of 1987.
0: So if we're looking, that's been been a big part of the team's presence at Indianapolis. So the, the basic premise of what we're talking about is how Roger Penske has changed the Indy 500 in the 50 years that he's been there. I posed that basic premise to you before we just started recording and you threw back a fascinating observation I never expected. Mm.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of things that have changed uh, that Roger has been involved in changing but like I say, I think, I think the Indy 500 has changed him um, in different ways and us in different ways and taught us in a bunch of different ways, how to deal with monumental successes and monumental failures. You know, monumental successes obviously being, you know, the wins, but also not qualifying for the 500 in 1995 was a hard, hard pill to swallow for the entire organization. And, you know, I think how, you know, we as an organization and him coming back year after year with the same tenacity and preparation and the level raising the level of preparation that probably spills over into changing uh, the way competitors think about it Mm. because we you know rogers effort equals results uh, mantra or whatever you want to say i don't know if that's the right term but our Basic core value is effort equals results. That's his core value, and there is no stone unturned. And it, it's all about, you know, doing the best you can every day. And you know, with that, um, it's visible to the competitors. And some have said that we do things. You know, we've been we've been compared to cults and you know militaries (laughs) and 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 i'm personally very very proud to be a part of it and and very fortunate that i have been here this long and
0: you know i'm eternally grateful so you mentioned something and these conversations are just meant to be that As I mentioned, you see, I have nothing written down. This Mm. isn't some formulaic thing. It's just meant to be wherever we go. Tell me about coming into this team as a kid and what you observed. And there are a lot of names of whether it's Chuck Spragues or Reinemans. There's, you know, legends that you came into uh, that would have been mentors, I'm sure. But talking about cults and... You know, these are all just nameless, faceless robots. That's how they achieve such high rate of success. One of the great things that I have learned over the years, both as a competitor against Team Penske with some of the smaller teams I was in, or now as a member of the media, is that couldn't be farther from the truth. There's so much character and fun, and, you know, don't get me wrong, when it's time to compete, it, it's hard, as hardcore as anyone else, but there is not that smile list everything is drab gray kind of portrait that sometimes gets painted what did you see as as a proverbial kid coming in the culture that was waiting for you in the late 80s
1: well I followed I was in Super V much like you um you know and I as a support series to the team or sorry to IndyCar or Cart whatever um always admired um the Penske organization. And I was working with Roger Penske Jr. at the time, but that that turned out never to have any impact on how I got the job with the team. So um but always I I'd always liked the presentation. I'd like I liked the the you know the way the team always presented itself, the trucks. The, in, in a small way I was kind of like that as a kid with my own stuff mm. um so I don't know you know it just kind of appealed to me um and but when I got in the door uh it was very very serious um they did have fun but you know focus was the name of the game and the reason is is because you know in 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 those days, you're you're building your own car every year, or you're getting a new car every yeah. year, whether it's a March or a Lola or or whatever a Penske, and your focus has to be sharp because with the cars the way they were, they're not incredibly safe. Now, not as, they weren't as safe as they are now, and a mistake from a mechanic can be dire. So, you know, our they they're very. You know, I was one of I was. A, I, as a new hire, I was like the first new hire in five years. Wow! So, I was a. <laughs> I was I um, I wasn't a. I wasn't a kid that was going to come in and start changing things. I, you know,
0: kept did my you mouth shut? Did you know that you were the first in that amount of time? Because no. that, because that, that would tell you, boy, they're very selective about who they let in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. I just kept
1: pestering them. Like Derek Walker, I just, every, you know, I'd, I rode my skateboard around. I used to ride a skateboard around the paddock area, and I'd show up and hand a resume every year, check in with Derek every, you know, couple races. Um, and they, you know, they finally, I got the phone call, and it was, you know. Um, I actually had two phone calls. I had uh, one from Craco, which was in Compton, California, where I, I grew up in Anaheim. Then uh, so I got a call from Kraco and in the time I was thinking about what I was going to do, then Derek called me. So I, it was a no-brainer to me. So then I, you know, moved to uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, and uh, yeah, where I stayed. But definitely a you, you mentioned the the Chuck Sprags and the you know Clive Howell, Peter Parrot. Um, you know, guys like that. Tim Bumps at the time was a was a very very accomplished, uh, very talented mechanic. Um, ended up being a chief. And these guys were serious about what they were doing, and you know I wasn't. And and from from end to end, it wasn't. <clears throat> excuse me, it wasn't. Um, like I said, they had their fun, but every day you you needed to be focused.
0: How did that? impact you or shape you in the mechanic? I mean, you've traveled from genuinely the, the the bottom of Team Penske to a leadership role that you're in now, but at least back then, how did that culture that you stepped into shape you differently than you were coming out of Super V? Were there areas where you said as a kid you liked organization and I mean, Part of me thinks that it's not a coincidence that you and this team have been together for so long, but uh, how did that, how did you evolve within the organization professionally?
1: Well, um, I just, I liked, as a kid, I always liked to work. I was never afraid of work. I always, I always, you know, I used to stay after school and help the janitor. I would Pull weeds. I pull weeds to skate for free at skate parks. I I never mind working, and working to me was was fine, and, and I always liked it. Um, the people, the very very talented people that and, at Penske at the time, and I can name many, but you know they recognize they they all were so you know I I owe I try to thank them when I see them for helping me grow as a, as a mechanic, you know, Richard Buck, uh, Chuck, Tim bumps, um, Earl McMullen. Um, you know, there's so many Pete parrot, just there's So anybody guy odor, uh, anybody that was kind of around in the eighties and nineties, you know, you just learn, learn from, and you, in in that time, to me, there were so many talented people that I thought that I didn't want to let anybody down. Mm. So, and that kind of seemed to be the way the team was. Like no no guy wanted to let the other guy down. So it was always this level of, of you know, and at the ultimately nobody want, nobody wanted to let Roger down. So, you know, and and he was right there with us all the time. You know, he was. I mean, obviously he has business going, but but he was around a lot. And, you know, um, just that, just really it, forcibly and willingly, well, I got better. Forcibly being people not letting me get outside the box, off the reservation, you know, <laughs> reeling me back in when I was screwing up or, or going down a road that shouldn't be going or messing around too much or whatever, you know, I'm still a kid, <laughs> I didn't I didn't really know, you know. <laughs>
0: Since 1954, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway has served as the proving grounds for the world's most legendary helmet brand. From Jimmy Bryan to Mario Andretti and Elio Castroneves, Bell Helmets has and continues to protect some of the all-time greats. Follow the journey on social media at bellracinghq or by visiting bellracing.com. Looking at your introduction that's the thing that i find fascinating <clears throat> in thinking of how this is you know if we look in the 80s all of the indy 500 wins and with you coming on obviously we get to a great result in 87 and i mean again name all the years but you're coming in in a very rich time for the team and its successes i think back to this era when you came in And it was just an exemplary presentation of what Team Penske was all about. Cars looked amazing, right? Whether it's a Pennzoil livery, it could be Marlboro, could be Miller. Cars looked better than anything out there. It could be the wheel covers, right? With the little three holes punched and what but those polished to perfection. There seemed to be a model that was applied and then maintained year after year of we've also got more or less the best drivers. So this is something that we know January 1st should be a championship organization, Indy 500 winning organization, coming into this really rich era. I'm also thinking that for mere mortals, man, that might be a lot of weight to carry did you feel that? Did you see that?
1: Yeah, you do. You see it. You, you live it. Uh, but you're not alone. That was the thing. You're not alone in that. You 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 lean on so many other people. Everybody's doing the same. You know, everybody's strong. At, at that point, you know, everybody's pushing in the same direction at the same level. So it, you don't even really think about it. You know, you are just trying to do your best and and you know that kind of thing. And when you say it's funny and I don't know many people pick up on this and it, it was it was shown to me long ago, but you know, Carl Keinhofer is is a huge you know part of the you know the the polish and the you know Roger obviously is, is that way, but Carl if you look at the seventy two win, and the, if you look at photos of the seventy two Donahue car. If you look on the inside of the wheels, the inside wheel lip is polished. The faces <laughs> are polished. Yeah, but the out, but the inside of the wheel lips are polished. And Carl actually pointed that out to me. He says, "You guys think, you guys think you do it right." Well, that's where it started. And he'll put, he pointed up to the wall where he says, "You see that?" And I'm like, "Wow, that's amazing." I didn't even so that detail. That detail started at the very beginning, and as. As preparation and, and the, as we went along the years, it was almost a, a, an internal competition who could make their car the nicest. So that was, you know, within reason, you know. What, I mean, we used to polish bolt heads and, and just we'd run our, you know, Ray Cam, you know, Ray Cam, yep. the, the, the heat shrink that goes over the wiring. Well, on the right side, it went from you could read it front to back and on the left side you could read it front to back you know bolts always pointed to the right or down they never you know it was always there was always a, an underlying and and you know these things came up by you know i think um like i said by everybody you know um they all come up with these little preparation tweaks and and it was encouraged you know because it, it, Roger. He loved that, and that's how he was. You know, he was always—he always set the standard in that early on in the—the—I the, don't even know what you, the nice stuff. You know, the, everybody might have a Porsche, but do they have a Porsche with
0: nice paint and chrome wheels? I don't know. Maybe not, but he did. <laughs> what What's brilliant, and I—I never. <clears throat> Connected these dots before until you mentioned it, uh, John. Is that this Penske perfect mindset, which I think is often attributed to on track competition, strategy driving? I'm now thinking of it in a very different way of concours level preparation. So if we're going to Pebble Beach with your 1932 such-and-such that you spent 400 years restoring and put a trillion dollars into, it's the same thing. There is not a single blade of grass within the sipes of the tires. Every bolt is clocked to X. I mean, every, every single thing is judged as if this car was built this way day one by artisans, people with massive massive perfection complexes Mm -hmm. it's one thing again to make the external look phenomenal and be shiny and blingy it's another thing to say realistically other than the tech inspectors who are going to climb under with a mirror and a flashlight and hope to see this little corner that the planet will never even know is there we care about that that's phenomenal yeah
1: and it's and it's huge for driver confidence too, because DeFerrin used to run his fingers around the cockpit while he was sitting in there. He up under the dash, he, you know, and he, we never wanted him to get his glove dirty, you know, because you know that the that it's all it's all it's all in a means to an end to keep your driver confident. Not to mention, you know, we we liked doing those things, you know, re, replating, you know, polishing the suspension after, after you know, a turnaround. You know, we, we used to do turnarounds where between races, we'd take all the suspension brackets off, go send them out for anodizing, polish the bolt heads, um, re-rake hem lines. You know, we'd make every – and and it's been said that, you know, the, when Penske Cars – was making cars, their, their, their sort of um, creed, or whatever you want to call it, was, we're not in the racing business, we're in the jewelry business, because everything they made, they wanted to make nice, you know, they're manufactured nice, that's what they used to say, is, we're, we're not in the manufacturing business, we're in the jewelry business.
0: That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, they,
1: you know, and, and, and that was across the whole, the whole organization. So that, that, that idea set by Roger filtered throughout. So and, and we've all learned so much about a better way to do things from, from him and his, his standards.
0: Let's close on this topic or two, Myron. You mentioned Roger, setting expectation levels I am sure that at some some point in time an expectation level hasn't been met, and I'm talking more from your end, hands on a car creating the the overall machine that competes what's that experience like what just roger's him. reaction what what is roger can you share a thought or or a uh, example of whether it's for just from a preparation standpoint, how something looks, you name it. Where Roger pointed out, corrected someone. No, that can be done. Something, yeah. folks might envision flame spitting, you know, type character. I don't know, but I'm yeah. curious. Yeah, he's not really a, I mean, a, a flame spitting type.
1: But uh, I mean, I you know, back when I first started, I do remember you know, in the early days when, when things, you you know, you start getting your tents and your nicer trucks and that kind of thing, and he'd come through the tent, pick that up, put that away, I want that over there, you know, and he'd do a walkthrough, and, and you, you know, pretty soon
0: you, you... Doesn't take too many of those. No,
1: no, and you try and, you know, you try and be ahead of it, and we still try and be ahead of it, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's that's our job as, as a management to keep that... Sort of basic idea um, happening, you know, and it's very hard. It's very hard for people to understand within the team, you know. Hey, put your throw your water bottle away, you know. Just simple things. And oh man, why do I why do I got to tuck my shirt in, you know? Why do I got to wear the same shoes? It's just the way it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it's the way it's it's the way it's built. It's the way that people all people before us, you know. Um, sort of created it, you know, um, and and like I say, Roger had a lot of a lot of these ideas, but a lot of the other people added their own input as well, their own sort of um, processes and and that kind of thing. And that's you know he, he he's right when he says the people are you know the people are the human capital or whatever because it. it you know, they were, he, he's given, he gives everybody the tools to do it.
0: We just got to you know, keep doing it. Let's close on this. So this is a culture, everything we've discussed, it might involve cars, it might involve drivers, all, there's many components to this, but ultimately this is a cultural shift that Roger has brought as someone who has been a practicing member of the Church of Roger Penske for many years, yeah. there are a lot of new folks to the congregation, newish. Yeah. whether it's beneath the uh, outside here in the IndyCar tent, cross in the Imsipatic and such. How is this culture passed on? Is it similar as to when you came in? methodology wise is there an actual class is there a here's your reading material learn your history just curious because obviously maintaining that culture is key to sustained success
1: yeah well there's no real no real book or outline but you know it's just the the baton gets handed handed off you know year after year person to person you know i mean we you know, you had the the Peter Parrots and the Chuck Sprags and and uh, Carl, and then, you know, as time goes on, you got Richard and Tim Bumps, and then, you know, Clive. Clive's been a big a, a big uh, point of continuity for all that, and then, you know, then myself, I try and and you know, um, you know Matt Johnson, Travis Law, you know, I think, you know, these these people that are in certain leadership positions I don't necessarily think that Roger likes to look back he doesn't typically but we can't forget that we can't forget where we came from and what built what we have and um, we try and keep that idea as well as obviously Tim Sinrich. you know he's now charged with the the, the same a very large part of, of the future. So, you know, he's he's in the same boat, carrying on the legacy. Roger, Rogers made the thing is is we Rogers made so many people so much better at at everything at life. Um, he, you know we've we've won a lot of races, won a lot of Indy Five Hundred, maybe you all know, five hundred wins and and everything else and many many trophies but you know if I could I guess if I could say anything Roger's a champion of people and he he's made I know he's he's made me a way better person you know as far as um, professionally personally you know I just see how he interacts with people Mm. I've seen things that nobody else has seen and, and Gestures of, of kindness that he never had to do, um, you know, and, and he's, you know, he he just is a special person in that regard, you know, and, and, and they don't come along very often, you know, they, they don't, and, and he's one of them, so um, I'm, like I say, I'm incredibly fortunate to to have, to be on the team and to, you know, I guess that's where i up well, how i operate i guess is that you know i don't ever want to let him down so you know i approach obviously we get frustrated you know it's everybody does you know but uh, you know, it's just i've been i've been fortunate to be a little close to him to you know have him say certain things to me that that mean just massive you know he'll just a little statement about whatever you know it's just a compliment of some kind and you know it just it just it's very motivating and that's that's what that's a very is a huge talent for that for knowing the situation and knowing what to say to people to you know I don't even know if he tries to do it he just does it by his statements or or just a quick a wink you know um I remember – I might be droning on, but I remember when we were in – I was working for Mike Hall in Arciero in 1985. Sorry, early 86. And we had a hellish weekend, and we were doing a couple of all-nighters at at Meadowlands. And I'm 19 years old, and I'm working on a Cosworth engine, which I had no business working on, Mm. really, but there was only just a few of us. It was midnight, and I remembered – as good as today, he and Derek Walker walked by and I was wrestling this plenum and he looked up at me and he gave me a thumbs up and he gave me a wink. And he...
0: Meant the world. It did.
1: Yeah, you know, it was just like, you know, here I am. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'd love to work for that guy someday. <laughs> here I am.
0: And that was how Roger Penske changed the Indy 500. You can catch this series and more than 500 episodes at the brand new Marshall Pruitt Podcast.com site. All brought to you by Cooper tires, the justice brothers and bell racing helmets.